Hello everyone, thank you for joining me again on Get Out of Rap. Today I'm joined by Jackie Pringle and Rachel Newcomb from the CCMA and they are talking about the UK National Contact Centre Awards. As you can probably tell, I have a bit of a cold, but luckily I don't talk very much in this one. So today I'm joined by Jackie Pringle and Rachel Newcomb from the CCMA. Now Jackie, you have been on twice. Have you? I think I've been on once after the Exxon Award a couple of years ago, few, quite a few years ago, maybe five. I'm not sure I've been on again, but maybe you've had my, you know, twin or something. Maybe, maybe. And Rachel, this is this is a first for you. This is an absolute first, yes. <laughs> but it, it's great to have you both on and it's a, it's a topic that I love and I think it's an event that everybody loves, but we're going to be talking about the UK national contact center awards how many how many years in are we now so this is our 28th year wow absolutely unbelievable yeah i think it's my fifth or sixth and i remember being told when i joined that the very first year that they did these awards i think there was maybe three or four categories (laughs) you know it was like your team manager contact center manager so look how they've grown since then but yeah 28 so arguably the leading awards program in the UK, but definitely the longest running. And I think most people would say the most respected program in the UK. And you know from the judging, that's a lot to do with the robust judging process that we go through. I think that consistency and that longevity talks to, you know, just how well respected it is. You, something wouldn't keep running for that length of time if it if it wasn't very much still relevant and and very important in everyone's kind of calendar and so you've been behind the organization of it now and you must kind of think oh i wish i only had four categories to (laughs) you know jackie doesn't like the easy life no not at all i mean i think that it's always a difficult one martin because as, as i think you know these awards are all about people. So they're all about, you know, individual and recognizing individual sort of manager and above words in terms of, you know, level within the contact center. And the team awards and the organization awards within these awards are all about people as well. So, you know, if it's an organization, it might be about culture or diversity and inclusion. So they're all about people. And Your point there about relevance, we always review the categories every year to make sure that they are still relevant and, you know, reflect what is going on in the industry. And we get requests, you know, and we get, we go out and we gather feedback, not just from the judges, but from the winners and, and all that. And it's it's a really fine line because basically we could have 50 awards, you know, and we could have 50 categories and that might capture everybody that works in the contact centre or supports the contact centre in some way. But as much as we love the night and we love the evening, we'd still be there at four in the morning and announcing all the winners, you know? So it's getting that balance right between the number of categories and the ceremony and just kind of balancing all that out, which I know sounds, you know, dead obvious, but I don't think sometimes people put those things together. Mm. That makes sense. Well, you're organising an event, aren't you? Because it... It culminates in the in the night, which is an event. So you have to consider the lead up to that and the categories to that lead to an impact on the on the night. And you're right, it's not something that I guess too many of us ever ever think about. But you so you, Jackie, have been 
behind the organization of it the night for like five six years but Rach, i'm right in thinking was it last year was the first time has been involved in the team and getting getting your teeth stuck into it yeah no it's absolutely my first year for the uk's was last year obviously second this year really excited to be involved from the get-go this year and just seeing all the companies registering and entering really really exciting so yeah was it i can imagine on the night especially if it's your first year being involved are you just buzzing and nervous all the way through it until it until i think overwhelmed Really? It's just amazing, you know, what a small team can create and just seeing everyone come together and it's such an amazing atmosphere. Really, really good evening. I think a lot of people that have attended before will absolutely shout from the rooftop how much fun it is and how good it is to be together and celebrate the achievements, really. But yeah, amazing to be part of it. Really, really grateful for the opportunity. I think the word that we use a lot behind the scenes is nervited. And mm. I think I used that last time I came on the podcast yeah. because... We're, we're nervous, but we're excited at the same time. And, and you'd be amazed. I don't know whether this happens to you, Rachel, but a lot of my friends, my family go, oh, have a great time. And I'm like, have a great time. It's work. It's stressful. We want to get it right. You know, we can't yeah, yeah. be not bound that table. And da, 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 da. So you're nervous, but you're excited. And then afterwards, and I think this happened because I think last time I was on the podcast, it's either a couple of days or a week after we just delivered a big event. And you're kind of on that bit of a, down really because you're sad that you believe you're tired because it's you know it is tiring when you get to that point in the program you're also a bit sad that it's over you know mm. it's a funny feeling afterwards yeah. so, uh, so yeah no mighty is our word isn't it right now you're you guys i know are super organized very regimented where are we now in in the big scheme of things what from an entries point of view, what what where are you at? Yeah, okay. So we are open for entries at the moment. We have been since December, believe it or not. And we close two weeks on Friday. So that is Friday, the 24th of February at midnight. And uh, everybody, I think, knows we never extend the deadline. I will get emails. I will get phone calls in that last couple of days going, Jackie, is there any way? I'll be like, sorry, no, we never extend the deadline. So they have to be in by midnight on the 24th of February. So in terms of entries, that's where we are. In the background, we're sort of recruiting judges and getting ready and booking photographers and celebrities and all of that as well. But from an entries point of view, yeah. That's the, yeah. uh, we're at that point of nearly closed. So it's like transfer deadline. It is. It's, if it's not happening by midnight, it's not happening. Absolutely that. Do you have actually, do you get kind of last minute entry? Do you get people that have entered on the final day or was a lot of it already done by now? Where are you, what, what's the pattern like? It's, it's interesting. We're both laughing because <laughs> you're open from December till the end of February and most people do it in the last week or the last day. So it's quite funny, really, because obviously there's toolkits on the website that you can download. There's the webinar that people came, registered for, watched, etc. So you kind of see that people are doing those things and they're engaging with the programme. But some of those people will leave it very last minute to to go onto the system and put the entries in. You've got another sort of cohort of people who, because within the system, you register 
and then you draft your entries. You don't have to press submit right till sort of, you know, just before midnight on that 24th of February. But you can submit now and you can carry on editing oh, okay. until midnight, whether you're drafting mm. them or whether you've submitted them. Mm. So where we are at the moment is we've got a whole load of entries that are in draft in the system. We've got entries that have been submitted in the system. And then we've got, I've no doubt, a load of people. We know we've got a load of people that are working on entries, possibly on a Word document or something locally on their desktop because all the questions, all the nomination questions, although the nomination questions are very high level and very free text, just two sort of big questions in the back of the toolkit. So people don't have to go on the system to get those questions. But probably people are working on them and all of a sudden they'll come in in the last sort of 24, 48 hours. So I, you know, it, it's quite funny really because you're literally watching them you know, come in like that on the on the last sort of couple of days. It's, it never fails to amaze me, really, you know. But, but yeah, I guess that's just the way of the world, isn't it? I don't know what you like with your homework or your dissertation at uni or whatever, you, but, you know, some people are just right, okay, right up to the deadline when it really becomes urgent, you know. So, but, but yeah, so it's, it's always interesting. I think it probably reflects our industry, doesn't it? It's kind of... Fast-paced. Fast paced, loads going on, and we'll get there just before the just yeah. before the, the the deadline. You mentioned there. It seems like again one of the things that's probably evolved over the over the years of doing these awards is a guidance that's available to people who are either going to do it or maybe they're listening and thinking, not sure if we are going to or we're not. If they want to get guidance, there's a lot of that available now. Where and it's the website, right? It's the kind of the hub. Yeah. So go on the website, which is ukcca.com. That'll take you to the website. And like I say, on there, there is a toolkit that you can download that's full of hints, tips, information, the categories, the description, the nomination questions, etc. The webinar that we always record sort of early January. So when people come back to work after Christmas and they're really starting to think about it, they can go on and watch that. And and, and on that, I actually take you through the system and the process of putting the entries in. We give lots of advice about, you know, the best way to put a winning entry together. We interview a couple of winners and they give their advice. And they also say how they found the whole programme. And we also interviewed one of our head judges who gave their advice as well. So, you know, when people pick up the phone to me or email me for the first time, I always say, you know, download the toolkit, fast forward your way through the webinar if you haven't got the 35, 40 minutes to watch it all. You know, use all the tools available to you to help you with that entry. And, and, and of course, you know, both me and Rachel, we're really personable. People can pick up the phone. I've had phone calls this morning. Pick up the phone, drop us an email, say you want to chat. I think sometimes people want to chat, which category do you think this fits in? Or, you know, Rachel had a great question this morning in terms of what do you mean by SPP? How many full-time hours are you classing as full-time? And, well, we're not. You, whatever full-time hours you're working in, in your organisation, whether that's 35, 37 and a half, 36, 40, whatever, use that to work out your FTE. So we're always getting questions. And sometimes we're getting questions and we go, oh, that's a great question, you know, and then we need 
adapt something for next year on the back of it, make our cons clearer or whatever. But the thing I always say is, you know, if you're unsure what plan to put it in, let's chat about it. Let's put it in the one that we think best fits. But actually, if it isn't a perfect fit, the judges are really good capturing that when they're doing the shortlisting. And if they think it fits better in another category, they'll ask me to get in touch with the nominator. I'll chat it through with them and say, you know, the judges are proposing that actually we put it in this category and this is where you're judged. And if you agree with that, that's the way forward. So, you know, I always say don't worry too much about that. We can, we can, you know, clean it all up and we'll make sure you're in the right place. And the other thing I always say, please don't overthink it. And I know that that's all right for me to sit here and say, you can write a nomination in half an hour. I know that's easy for me to say because people want to put their best nomination forward. If you've got a good story, you've got a good person, that will just show. It doesn't mm. matter about, the, you, do you know what I mean? And mm. and I always say, you know, then sort of save all that work and stuff for the judging if you are on the shortlist, which hopefully you will be, because if you've got that real story, it'll come through. Having said that, some people want to put the work in up front, so they might want to put videos together and presentations together. And then, great, if you've done that, and then you are a finalist, you've got it and it's ready just to dust off. And so. You know, if people ring me on the last day and go, is it too late to enter? I go, no, take half an hour, do it. Just go for it. You know, what have you got to lose? Um, so, so yeah, but yeah, there's loads of help and support out there. It, it was your question, Martin, and always happy to help with anything else that people need. So it's nice to know as well, Rach, that people then are contacting you just for kind of clarification. And that yeah. is, and that's something they can do all the time, right? All the time. I think Jackie and I are always at the end of the phone, always at the end of an email. And we are more than happy to help and support and offer guidance or point people in the right direction. And sometimes it's, I think people emailing or asking those questions almost know the answer. They just want a bit of a, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Kind of a bit oh. of a backup, bit of support. So yeah, we're always happy to help and answer. And I guess different centres have sometimes slightly different terminology or as you mentioned in that example, Jackie, an understanding of just some of the different numerics. And whilst that's not going to probably be the determining factor at all, is it? They People need that comfort of knowing I've got my details, I've got my data, it's all reflected correctly, I'm ready to go. And and as you said, it's the story and the personality that is is the important thing. It's the thing that we yeah. love to hear in the in the whole process, don't we? You touched upon categories earlier and how how that has kind of changed as well where where are we at with categories what are the numbers what's new okay so we've got we've opened with 34 categories i think this year so the bulk of them are in the individual categories because like i say they are all about people and that's where the sort of awards were born from so you've got all your sort of what i call your classics really quality manager complaints manager team manager don't forget we've got rising star which is for team managers with less than 12 months experience so some of those step up team managers new to role etc contact center manager again we split those into outsourcer and in-house the contact centers because i think outsourcers um team managers and contact centers managers play a slightly different role because they've got the client you know it's it's just a slightly different dynamic and then we've introduced some new ones this year which we're very excited about so we've got the learning manager which in essence can be could be an L&D manager could be the training manager could be 
academy manager and going back to your point of people calling all of different things in different oh. organizations so that sort of anybody that manages the development of contact center colleagues we've also introduced trainer of the year because what we used to find was people were entering trainers as training managers so the training manager is obviously the person that's managing the whole sort of tra- the training team responsible mm-hmm. for a number of trainers. Mm-hmm. But we've got fantastic trainers out there in our industry. So this is a category specifically for them to enter. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes this year. Now we've kind of really sort of pulled that out. Um, and I, I must admit, again, one that I'm really excited about personally, and I must admit I sort of, put this to our head judges as a proposal that we needed somewhere from the questions Rachel and I were getting and that significant contributor. And I think that having worked in a lot of operational support teams in my career within the contact centre, there was a number of people that actually we didn't have categories for them to be nominated in. And, And it goes back to that point of because of our lot of categories are complaints manager, quality manager, or contact center support team manager, the people that are working within those teams that are making a significant difference to the guys in the contact center, there was nowhere for them to go. Mm. So they're not advisor level. They're more senior than advisor level because, you know, if you think about a quality monitoring analyst, for example, they're probably team manager level but they're reporting into a quality manager. And quality analysts might be working with a couple of contact centre managers really closely driving their quality. And that contact centre manager had nowhere to nominate that person. Mm. And it might be it might be HR business partner, it might be an IT business partner, it might be a comms person that does a particularly good job. So it's going to allow us to capture those people. It also might be somebody that's been asked to do something side of desk. I mean, that happens a lot in the concept centre industry. It did when I worked there. Oh, you just do this, just do that. But it might be somebody that's doing that side of desk, or it might be somebody that's been seconded into a project to change piece of work or whatever, and again has made a significant contribution. So look a bit of a catch-all. But a very, very important category, I think, and a really exciting step. And um, yeah, I am really excited. And already I can see that the entries that are in the system and the questions that we're getting, that is going to be popular. I um, think a good, a good measure is for both of those two distinctions or new categories, so trainer and the significant contributor, I can think of people that I've worked with in situations where I'd go, ah, oh, like significant contributor who was in the IT team, who is kind of like people that do over and above, like unasked for work that makes a significant difference and you're, and you're wowed by it. I, I think everyone that's listening can think of somebody they know, the quality, the, per, the quality analyst who's rewritten policy and developed a training course that's being worked on that helps with an academy that, goes over and above to help people stop failing in particular areas yeah. i can think of it guys that have come in and just gone oh we've redeveloped your wallboards and we've done x y and z and you think i never mm. did i ask you to do that no yeah. but this is brilliant i love it you know whether it's projects new initiatives and for that you're right don't necessarily fall into a title category yeah. but it's more about an activity isn't it it's more about 
it is that contribution and the the trainer one I love because I think we've all seen or been trained by trainers who've had an impact not just on work but on your life on your thinking you know and that is different to a training manager isn't it training managers more maybe can do both but is more strategic and is doing something Absolutely. that mm. uh, has a maybe a wider impact but a trainer who's touching mm. people's lives and delivers training that yeah. kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck you know that kind of what a great yeah. what a great addition i love it it's great yeah. and i think in in the team categories and again this came from one of our head judges and we'll talk about who are our judges i'm sure but you know we review all the categories we have a long conversation having asked the feedback from last year's winners and judges and then we go through it with the head judges and in the team categories again we've kind of got you know the classics your complaints team your l and d your change team. but then one of the head judges said what what about leadership teams what do they fall under and i was like what do they fall under we haven't got anywhere for the leadership teams and and you know so we've introduced leadership this year which again is, yeah, is really exciting and i'm sure we'll get different levels of it and then in organization categories We've kind of broadened out some of the ones that were already there. So, you know, the one that I always have tissues in the room for, balloted. But, you know, when yeah. it has positive yeah. impact on the community or giving something back, that kind of category, that is now sort of the best approach to CSR. So that's bringing in the social responsibility as well and, you know, championing environmental issues. So anything from your cake sales to painting your schools to that broader sort of piece as well. Similar with best health and well-being, that's become it's just a, it's a small change to the title, but it's a big meaning. So we've gone from best health and well-being program to best colleague well-being program. Again, recognizing companies are doing so much more. It might be financial support. It might be learning support. It's the whole of a colleague's well-being. Mm. much more much more rounded if you like and again the diversity and inclusion again broaden that out to bring in equity inclusion and belonging so again and and this is a mistake that sometimes people do fall into actually they look at category title without reading the description and sometimes that can make people fall into the wrong sort of pots and my advice is always don't just go off the category name really read the description to make sure that it fits in that category um, but yeah again in the organization ones we've still got contact center of the year both outsourced and in-house and we've got contact center culture which is really popular as well as those sort of specific people type program with as well so hopefully something for everybody but you know again if people have got situations or things that they think don't quite fit and i'll always be honest i'll always say do you know what it sounds like you've got a brilliant personal it sounds like you've got a brilliant piece of work but it's not quite right for these awards but you know mm. i'll always be honest let's not try and make a square peg fit around hole as they say but and if it's something that i think we should have for future year absolutely be locked up there don't be surprised to see it next year Rach, have you got a favourite category? Have you got one that you think, oh, I, I really like that one? I would probably say the impact on the community from last year, definitely. That's watching, seeing the entries that come into that, some of the videos that went alongside the nominations, 
I think really hits you personally, definitely. You feel it. And I know Jackie sort of mentioned earlier that we had a best practice visit that related to Sky who won last year and so many people in the room were in tears just because of the impact that it has and the knock-on effect of, yeah, the hard work of the team involved in the organisation. So definitely a favourite for me. I don't mind admitting I've shed a tear in the in the judging process before. Always on hand with tissues, aren't you, Jackie? I absolutely am. Don't forget the cakes and the brownies and the coffees yeah. and the things to keep the judges going. I know, <laughs> sugar. Well, when it, and let well, let's talk about judging and judges then, because it's an it's an important part of the process. And you've already mentioned there how you interact with the head judges to kind of explore new categories i guess validate what's already in place uh, yeah. how's that all working out so it's brilliant the, the the five head judges that we have all bring something different to the sort of part as you say they just they make sure that the process is the best that it can be you know they they, they help us with the categories they help us with the judges and just kind of they're always they're so supportive of, of me and Mate as well, and they're always there and, and on hand to help. They're, they're brilliant. And they obviously judge themselves as well. And then we've got a team of lead judges. Many of them have judged for us for many years, but every year we always bring some of the sort of judges that have been judging for a few years. We say, do you now want to lead? So those lead judges particularly will go out and lead the visits because we'll go and visit if it's contact centre of the year or contact centre culture, all the others will be virtual again this year, depending on, on category. If it's an individual category, being interviewed very much like we're doing now, a lead judge, a support judge and the finalist, and then we'll also have a chat with the line manager as well. If it's one of the other team or organisation categories, then we'll do it again, a bit like we're doing now, but there'll be a panel of three or four judges and probably three or four people from the organisation that, that come up. So the lead judges, like I say, many of them have been doing it for a long time. Really friendly, but really professional. And, you know, I think we get lots of lovely feedback about how lovely the judges are, how, you know, it was it was tough, it was robust, it was professional, but it was really friendly and the judges really put the sort of finalists at ease, which which we love. And those support judges that support the either the visits or the panel judging or or that it just couldn't do it without them. And many of them are previous winners. So they know what good looks like. They know what it's like to be the other side of the table as well. See all CCMA members. And they are also bringing some sort of specialist judges for specific categories to really make sure that we've got that right judges for that right category, you know, where it is specialist skills like your resource planning or l type. So, 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 yeah, but, you know, again, I haven't, I'm about to write out to the judges and ask them if they want to be involved this year and the options that they've got. And I have absolutely no doubt that we will be inundated with people that come forward and go, yes, please, can't wait. You know, the judges love it. They get something from it and they really enjoy it. Obviously, some years people go, oh, I'm in the middle of delivering this big project. I can't do it this year. I'm out. Please come back and ask me next year or can only do any two days or I can only do two half days or a visit or whatever. And then Rachel and I will put that big jigsaw together of who's doing what to support. But but yeah, love the judges. That's like a community on its own, really. And I know you've been part of that, Martin, and you're a gorgeous judge when you judge for us. And uh, yeah, you know what it's like to to be part of that. And it's funny because if you 
you get people that have been the other side of the table and say, gosh, it's just as hard being this side of the table as it was yeah. when I was there. <laughs> it's when you mentioned earlier that people, your family think you're on a jolly. It, sometimes people will say about judging, oh, it's just, it's easy, isn't it? And it's, it's actually really taxing because you want to do it. You want to do it justice. You know, you're doing it because um, you care about the industry and it, it's, it sounds a cliche, but it's a real privilege to, to just every single nomination, you know, that people are coming in and they're, it's, it can be quite daunting before you, before you put at ease, it can be quite daunting for people to say, this is me or this is the, the team and you're being assessed. I think you have to really respect that from the other side, put people at ease because you want to, you want to hear the best. You don't want to make people feel nervous. You don't want it to be a nerve wracking experience. You want it to be an uplifting experience, don't you? The, regardless of the result, they, they benefit from it. And I, I just wanted to ask you about that, actually, for the people that have been in it, regardless of whether they've won something or not, what do they tell you that the process is being in the process has done for them? I think, yeah, just going back to quickly, the whole thing about putting people at ease when they come in for judging, I think just want to say that the judges are so good at that and making people feel calm and just and they all come away feeling really, really positive as well after those judging sessions. But I think whether they've won or not, overall, most of people that have entered or put, you know, put a nomination forward is they just enjoy the whole process from start to finish being involved. And I think they recognize that it's robust and it's robust for a reason. And it's, you know, we take great care, great pride in looking after everyone, nominees, nominations and the judges. So just a real positive experience, I think. I don't think we really have anything negative. Yes, people are upset if they haven't won, especially when they've put in so much time. But there's always positive, you know, comments to feedback as well from judges if they do if they do want that after a session. So lots to take away and then hopefully they'll enter again, you know, in a mm. year's time. I think that I love it when, I mean, obviously we open up the panel judging sessions and we'll... So we're talking to the judges all day when it's when it's sort of panel judging. That's that those presentation judging, and and I particularly enjoy that because I hear the finalists saying, "Gosh, that was a great question." And we get emails after saying, "Please, can you thank the judges? They were so good, and we've they've really enjoyed the presenting." Because like back to your point, what you said earlier, Martin. We are 100 mile an hour in this industry, aren't we? Very mm -hmm. reactive. We're juggling mm -hmm. lots and lots of plates. It's a very busy environment. So we even just to stop and sit back and tell the judges what either you've done individually that's been brilliant or you've done as a team or you've done as an organisation. Finalists are on a high. I remember somebody saying to me, you know, the team have all come out of their judging session with a real hop, skip and a jump, you know, they've mm, really got to spring yeah. in the stamp and they've really enjoyed the session. And I think that you raise a really good point, really, that the awards night itself is fantastic. And, and we do get people that say absolutely loved it, even though we did win. The awards night is something else. Let's just park that for a minute. But actually, people feel really good from the minute they find out they've been nominated. You know, if mm. somebody had nominated me, I'd think, gosh, that's lovely. Somebody's took yeah. the time out to nominate me. Then if you find out you're a finalist, you've been shortlisted, you've been invited to judging, it's like, 
wow, that's brilliant. And it's the ripple effect within the contact center as well. I had a complaints manager a couple of years ago that said the whole complaints team, the whole complaints department was was with me, you know, even though it was me that had been sort of nominated. And so then, you know, at that point, they feel brilliant. Then they do the judging. We've just talked about that. They feel brilliant. And then if your name's read out on the night, wow, well, that's just a whole other level. But yeah. yeah, so I think it is. It's not just the do they win or not, does you know, it's the whole yeah. And I think you're dead right. How often do we stop and think about what we've done? Because you're just moving on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it does make you better. It 100% makes you, your team, better through going through the, the process. And it's you, you win or you learn. And it's that kind of, it's, it's a mindset thing as well. It's kind of for people that enter the Olympics and they know that maybe they won't even win, but they're the pro, the, the whole thing about entering the Olympics and putting yourself up against other people is, is brave. I just love it. I just applaud, like you say, anyone that's been nominated, but anyone that then goes and nominates and goes through the, the process, they hundred percent will benefit. And if there's a, if there's re- an award or recognition at the end, then that's kind of the cherry on the top of the on the top of the cake. But what you can gain through being in that in that process is just mm. it's just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And like you say, you've done plenty of winners' visits, and I was lucky enough to have Ruler from a few years ago on on here as a as a winner, and just she talked about so eloquently about how it changed her career. Really, you know, it kind of gave her some real confidence and a boost to, and just that kind of she stood a bit taller and it was just just fantastic so for anyone that's listening and maybe has hasn't pressed the button yet just a couple of details do, do people pay they don't if you're a member you don't do you no so if you're a member of the dcma entries are free so you can have as many entries as you want they're absolutely free if you're not Obviously, you can become a member and you can reach out. We've got a lovely engagement manager called Laura and she'll be happy to go through all our member benefits with you. But if not, and you didn't want to join, then they're £249 each. And then for every additional entry after that, they're £100. And there's still time. So it's the 24th of Feb, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. When and when does the the judging starts when? So we're going to to announce the shortlist end of March and the judging will kick in really quickly after that. We will allocate the judges to finalists and then the judges will get in touch and arrange those sessions with either the individuals or with the contact centres, etc. So that will be that will happen over April and May. And we'll have a couple of weeks where we're hosting those virtual panel presentations online as well. Obviously, we've got some bank holidays that we need to avoid and we've got Easter and we've got some school holidays and things, so we'll work our way through that. Yeah, judging will be throughout April. Um, and the actual big night itself? The big night itself, yes. Monday the 19th of June, Old Billingsgate in central London. And so we moved there for the first year last year. It's an amazing venue. I think anyone mm. who was there, we were so, so lucky with the weather as well. It was beautiful. Arrival drinks outside on the terrace, overlooking the Thames and the amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, really, really nice evening. Um, I was chatting to a guy that came over from the States and he said this is, his mind was blown yeah. before he'd even walked in. Yeah, I mean, we loved, you know, the the brewery. We loved the venue. 
I was turning people away every year because we had a headroom of, you know, I think it was 700 and odd and, you know, here we can sort of have, I think it was 1,000 or 1,100 and, and we sold out last year and that was with a train strike, you know, the, oh, yeah. after all the COVID and all the pandemic and all the moving of dates over the last couple of years and going virtual, we, we yeah, we, we then had a train strike thrown at us. But do you know what? Everybody still came. They just made alternative arrangements the next day to getting home, which is where the train strike was. So, so actually, you know, I, again, I expect it to be popular. Rachel will we'll have to keep our lips sealed about the celebrity, but uh, you know, be a great celebrity as always, great food as always. So, is yeah. that the question that you get asked the most? Who's the about the celebrity? Yeah, we do get we do get asked it a lot. I don't know whether it's the most, but yeah, we do get asked it a lot. Especially at the beginning of the night, people come up to us and say, "Can you tell us? Can you tell us right now?" <laughs> we don't put it on any paperwork anywhere in case we leave it anywhere. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know how we'll follow because obviously, Andrew Hammett was great last year, learning K the year before, so I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I'm very confident that, that this year's celebrity will smash it. You've always chosen well, is what I'd say. Always <laughs> so. Finally, this kind of rallying call then for people who are maybe umming and ahhing, why should they? I think in addition to everything that we've said already, personally, I just think it's sad when we know that there is, I don't know, a great, a great complaints manager out there, or a great quality manager, or a great contact sense manager, or somebody's we see on LinkedIn that people are doing some great pieces of work, but then the nomination doesn't come in. We can't award it. The the med to me. Yeah. And and I always there was there was sometimes the nominations come in for people, PC work, and you think brilliant because I've seen or we know that you know. So I think it's sad that if we've got great people out there and they don't get nominated, they can't be awarded. And as you said with Ruler, and again this year we had some great examples of where made a big difference to either the voice of the contact center within an organization mm. or to somebody personally, Babadel, who we interviewed on the webinar. And I think Lee interviewed in Career Talk just recently as well, who's gone on and on and on since last year's win. So actually not nominating somebody, taking something away, taking opportunities away from that person or, you know, not having the opportunity to get that recognition for a piece of work or a team or whatever. So for me, you know, it is, if you think you're doing something well, you normally are. And I, I love, and I am going to apologize now because I'm going to take that saying, I either love it, I love it. You either win or you learn. Mm. I love that, Martin. And I'm going to start using that because, yeah, whatever the outcome, you'll enjoy it, you'll love it, and you'll learn. Completely, completely. So, well, Ra Rachel and Jackie, thanks so much for coming on. And if you are listening to this and you haven't yet entered, but there's a team or someone in your contact center that you sh you are thinking, should we put them forward? Don't hesitate. They, you need to get them into this awards. It's a it's a great process culminating in a, in a great night. So Rachel and Jackie from the CCMA, thank you very much for everything you do. And we'll see you in the process. You're welcome. Thanks thank for having you. us, Martin. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope to see you on the night of the awards as well. I will be there with a microphone. So if you fancy coming and saying a few words, please do come over and say hello. Thank you and take care of yourselves.